0: Welcome to The Dwelling Place, where three friends talk about approachable home design and our never-ending search for the perfect rug. So whether you're doing laundry or the dishes, join us in a conversation about making
1: our home a beautiful dwelling place. In today's show, we've got a special guest to chat with us about houseplants, both real and faux. We'll talk about how to shop for plants, how to style with plants, and most importantly, how to keep them alive. Plus, we've got a listener question to answer about faux plants, love it or leave it. With that, Mariah, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is
0: Mariah Murphy. You might know me as Brianna Buck's sister. I am 25, three years younger than my beautiful sister. I live in Texas right now as of a week and a half ago but I used to live in New York then I got married a year and a half ago moved to Maine and because of a job move we are in Texas now. I have always loved plants even when I was a little girl it's been something that I've always had in my life that I love nurturing and taking care of.
1: Now how many years did you have the farm stand
0: that you did? So I had a farm stand when we lived in Franklin, um, New York. I probably had it for about five or six years. I also worked at a greenhouse for three years when I was a teenager and I absolutely loved that. If (laughs) there was a perfect job, it would be working at a greenhouse for me. And actually in Texas now, I am volunteering at Amarillo Botanical Gardens, which is another love that I love doing my room and basically any place that I live in is a greenhouse it's been something that i've always had when i i actually lived in New York at my parents house growing up at the end just before I moved I had 93 plants oh, that man. i whittled down to, <laughs> i whittled down to 23 when I moved to maine I gave a lot away yeah I've always loved plants
2: that was probably really hard
0: wasn't it It was very hard. But those 23 were like my babies. (laughs) Those were the ones that (laughs) I helped with, And I helped move them up to Maine in our minivan because they were too big for her car. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And when we moved to um, Texas just a little bit ago, I moved 10 of my plants back down to New York for my sister and my mom to take care of. So (laughs) they've been a shuffle.
2: Their plants sitting until you relocate or
0: something? Yes, yeah, some of my favorites are taken care of for me. Aww.
2: So, my question is why didn't you go to 100 plants?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone to infinity plants just given the amount of time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The first time I met you in person was when we went to a greenhouse, which I think is actually the first time all of us met. Like the first time I met, I met both Brie and Kimmy individually before, but the first time all three of us were together was when we went to a greenhouse. It feels fitting. We have the whole gang back together again to talk about plants. (laughs) Mariah, we like to do a thing on our show where we have highs and lows, as you know, because you listen to our episodes, and you've actually been on the show technically before because we played a voice memo that you sent us before. <laughs> of the, salt salt- seller. the salt cellar. The salt cellar. <laughs>
0: that was so awesome. <laughs> that is one of my favorite sections. I love listening to your guys' highs and lows. So without further ado, welcome to highs and lows. Kimmy, do you want to go first?
2: I'll start with the low, and then we'll end on a, a high note. I want to give everyone an update on my basement because I over our 3 month break I actually we had a couple listeners like private message me on Instagram and asked me how my basement's doing. Oh my goodness. I know, it's really sweet. Sadly, the low is that there is no real update. <laughs> well, there is a little bit, but it's kind of frustrating. So, we're still in the throes of flooding which is fun. We had several more, I think it was like three more plumbers come. Two of them said they knew how to do it, but one of them is like a snowbird and he lives in New York in like the summertime. And then he goes down to Florida over winter. So he couldn't help. And then the other one just had too much going on. He was like backed up, you know, booked out and stuff. So he couldn't help. And then there was another guy that was like, this is way over my head. I can't do this. So The one guy that went down, the snowbird guy, he's really sweet. He's helped us in the past before with other projects. He told Ryan of a temporary fix. So Ryan had to drill a hole into our foundation. The water that was coming in from the side of the foundation could go down into the hole. (laughs) So it wasn't like flooding into the whole basement. So we now have two holes in our foundation, which is fun. And that helped. That actually worked temporarily until... So what we have to do, he said that we have to go through the outside. Did I tell you guys about how the way to fix this is actually, like, the best way would be to go under where the deck is?
1: Can <laughs> I tell you that? Yeah. I
2: think yeah.
1: last time you had said it was either going to be that, but you were hoping there was some other solution.
2: No, So we definitely have to go outside.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: now we can, we've figured out that we can do it, like, right next to the deck but we have to dig up all the landscaping I did. (laughs) Ah! Oh, no. So so they have, but they have to wait till spring, you know, when it's actually spring weather in New York, (laughs) but when it's actually like thawed out and they can get to it, they're going to go through under the landscaping and get to it. But this temporary fix did help, but now it's like clogged up like the hole that Ryan made. So he has to like (laughs) re-drill. Because it's not flooding again it's just we're just having lots of issues and it's very frustrating and I'm worried there's black mold down there I mean this has been going on since we found out I think I told everyone we found out a month before Jude was born and we couldn't really do anything about it then because it was February now Jude is two so (laughs) it's been going on forever and I think Ryan and his dad is actually going to be able to do the work so we won't have to like pay a bunch of money like we did a year ago when they didn't actually fix it yes still flooding and so I wanted to update everyone I thank you for everyone who's been like wondering and worried for my basement <laughs> so that's my the high is as everyone knows that listens to this podcast I'm very much into party throwing and party planning and any any like reason for a party i take it (laughs) jude turned two last week and we had a party for him and it was like it was a total blast he had a lot of fun he's actually been struggling a lot with we have like he's been sick since the beginning of the year like every other week and we're having like stomach issues which we finally figured out we think it's a food sensitivity So I had to, like, last minute call the cake person to change all the recipe for the cake. And she was wonderful. And then, like, the whole meal planning kind of had to shift. So that was, like, frustrating. But other than that, it just, like, Jude wasn't sick for the party, which was one of my biggest, like, please don't be sick for the party. He was very healthy and happy. And... We had a lot of fun. We had our family over. It was a cow, like a farm themed party. It was so cute and fun. And I feel like it just like came together really last minute almost because I didn't have a lot of time to work on it. And I think because I've done parties so much, I just knew how to do it quickly. And I had like, so you girls know, you've seen my basement. I like have lots of party accessories and props. (laughs) So, and I've done like harvest parties. So to do a farm theme was like easy to pull from a lot of my harvest stuff. And it just really came together and was super cute and fun. So yeah, that's my high.
1: (laughs) It was super cute. I loved how you had all of the food and things themed to go with the farm, like the pigs in the blanket. Yeah, my favorite was the rice krispie treats that you called the hay bales. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: honestly, I can't take credit. I mean, it's Pinterest,
0: you know. Like you just go. Yeah, on yeah,
2: yes. But yeah, it was came together and it was really cute.
0: My low for the week is we mentioned salt cellars earlier. <laughs> my salt cellar broke oh I know I'm so sad and it's the one Mariah got me for my birthday too oh I've been getting into sourdough bread too and so I was putting that into my sourdough and then I picked it up and pivoted in the kitchen and it just flung out of my hands and it was cement so it just shattered on the ground I was so so sad so my low is my salt cellar broke now I'm using a mason jar and I need to find a cute one because I like having my cute salt cellar out. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mariah, where did you get it? I got it at Nordstrom Rack for her. For I think it was your birthday. Yep. Yeah. And I uh-huh. even got you a little gold salt cellar, like, little spoon, which for somehow that actually corroded in your salt cells. Yeah. So you had to throw it away. So, like, the whole mm-hmm. set I got you is just down the tube.
1: Oh, bummer. <laughs> it is such a bummer. <laughs> Uh, So I'm on
0: the hunt. I guess that could be a seeking you shall find, too. I'm on the hunt for a salt (laughs) cellar. My high for the week, though, I'm throwing in lots of segments this time. (laughs) Uh, My high is my new desk. So I'd also mentioned in a previous episode that I was looking to get a new desk for our bedroom because sometimes my husband works from home, which is such an amazing perk of working for my dad. So, I found one at Target and I actually got it for half off because they were running an incredible sale. So, I got it for like 150 bucks. It's got two drawers in it. My mom came over and helped with the kids so I could like help piece it together because that and one and a half and three year old is not the easiest thing to do. So, it was nice having her there to help out. And we have gotten so much use out of it, like, especially within the past two years. I know a lot of people I've had to implement a workspace, whether it be in in your dining room at your table or just having a zone to do those things where we might have not had those zones before. It's so nice to have a space to do the budget. And my husband can work from home easily without having to set up the ugly folding table. And I'm just very happy to have something looking a little bit more pretty and permanent in my space. So that's my high.
2: It's really beautiful. And I think the cool high about it too is didn't you use like the money that you got back from interior Define with the whole sofa (laughs) drama?
0: Yes, I (laughs) did. It paid for the desk and then some.
2: Yeah. So it's basically a free desk and I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the sale that it was on. Like why, why were they so discounted? It was the Studio McGee line, right? From Target. I believe
0: it is. Yeah. I don't know target the target app man like start liking stuff on the target app because I get notifications from them and they'll be like oh this is on sale or we're having 50% off on furniture and if you get on it quick you can get some really good deals yeah and it fills out your awkward space spree in your room really well it really utilizes the space well thanks yeah looks really good you have plants in there too right Mm-hmm. yeah a plant on the desk. I have a ZZ plant and lots of plants all
1: over. Mm-hmm. And that little rug there it looks perfect. Actually, did you change the rug? I don't have the rug. I don't have the rug there anymore because
0: I had mentioned in last episodes that I was getting a new rug for my living room. So I brought that one that used to be in my bedroom back up in my bedroom and it was too close to the other rug and really competed. Like it did not look good together. So currently there is no rug underneath the desk.
1: Mm, Makes sense. Yeah. But I saved the rug. It will be used at some point. Well, for my high, I have two, I guess, that I could say. So one high is that on Kimmy's recommendation, I tried the henna hair dye. (laughs) (laughs) And I was super nervous about it because I was afraid it was going to turn my hair green because it's like this green goop that looks like mud or something it does not look good I was really nervous about putting it on my hair and I'd read all these reviews and like most of the reviews said it was great and then but there were like just a few that were like it turned my hair green it smells so terrible etc I actually love the smell
2: you use the chamomile tea right yeah so like when I put it on my head I use English breakfast tea and like I feel like my head just smelled mainly like tea which I didn't mind. But Ryan told me it smelled like a farm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, to me it smelled like freshly mown hay, like in the summer, like a hay farm. And I actually like that smell, so I thought it smelled really good cuz yeah. henna come to find out it's actually made from a plant, not from clay or like rocks or something like that, which I thought it was. Yeah, it worked really well and I really liked it and really affordable like I only used a couple spoonfuls of the container and I have the whole so much of it left
2: that was one thing I meant to mention last week was that it's extremely affordable because I think what was it like seven dollars for the thing and I think I could get maybe like five uses I don't know but something like several uses out of it when I was going to the hair salon it cost 60 bucks a pop I mean this is like way cheaper (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think it smells better than like boxed hair dye or going to the salon where it just smells so strong. Like, I don't know. I'm sensitive to strong smells. They can give me headaches and stuff. So, I'm really happy with it. So, I'm glad you recommended it. And I wanted to add my recommendation for it to the podcast, too. But then other than that, I hired some house cleaning help and they came and did a deep cleaning this week because I realized like with all the work that I've been doing during the week, then I end up spent doing all my cleaning on the weekend and spend the whole weekend cleaning. And so I was like, why can't I should just be like outsourcing this because that's like the point of me working, you know, I can use that money to pay for <laughs> to outsource the cleaning and then I don't have to spend my whole weekend doing it. That was awesome, and they did a great job, but the low is that they accidentally, when they were cleaning the pendant lights over the island, they knocked one off. No! No. (laughs) Yeah, so I I heard a huge crash, and I just thought maybe they, like, knocked over, dropped a dish or something like that, and I was like, well, oh well, and then I went out and (laughs) saw it was one of the pendant lamps oh my gosh oh Emily I'm so sorry I can't find one like a replacement bulb either because I just ordered these from Amazon and so I'm kind of bummed about that and they said like they are gonna cover the cost of it and replace it and you know whatever they want they even offered to come and install a new one for me which is really nice I looked up like this specific company and tried to find just the replacement globe and I can't find one and Home Depot doesn't even have anything similar so it's really annoying
2: wait Uh, so you could just buy the same one like you'd have to buy the whole thing but they pay for it
1: right I know but it's like 75 dollars, and I feel bad they they were the ones who made the mistake (laughs) yeah I just feel bad for them Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a lot. I'm sure they feel worse. Yeah. Which is why I feel bad because they feel bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. That's something like I've told Ryan in the past, like maybe someday for like a birthday present, I want you to hire cleaners to do a deep clean. (laughs)
1: Yeah. My plan is going forward. So the first time they come, they do a deep clean. And then after that, I'm hoping they'll come like once a month and we'll get on a schedule. So they just come once a month and do a more thorough cleaning than what I generally do.
0: (laughs) Were they cleaning the pendant when they broke it or did they knock into it?
1: I'm not sure. The other pendant looked super clean. So I assumed they knocked it off while they were cleaning it. Like maybe they took it down and were like cleaning the inside. But I'm not sure. They might have just knocked into it, you know, with a handle of something while they were cleaning too. So
0: maybe they listened to Bree's domestic dare about cleaning all the pendants and lighting. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe they actually accomplished the task. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Mariah hasn't shared hers yet. So we should jump to you. So my high
0: is well, my kind of my high and my low are actually mixed together. In moving here, I needed to get a new bed, and I've always loved the ones at Article, but I'd never purchased from them before. So I was like, I'm going to give them a shot. I've heard good things about them. It was a couple of months wait. I got the Article um, Tassu bed. Like I said, it was a couple months wait, but everything was good. It arrived Everything was in really good condition. It took a long time to put together, but other than that, it was really good. So that was my high that it arrived, and I absolutely love it in my space. The low is that it came with three stripped screw, kind of like areas where it goes in. One was in the headboard, and one was in the sideboard. Another one was in the footboard. So that's my low, but it kind of turns into a high because the customer service has been amazing article. They're going to send me out a completely new bed and install it for me and take away my other bed and everything. So it's actually going to work out really well. And I'm going to be able to use it in the meantime. So amazing. Yeah. I absolutely love this bed and I would highly recommend article just based on this experience alone. So
2: what color did you get?
0: I think it's called, it's like a clay color, is what they describe it as, but it's, it's basically a grayish. It's a warm gray, but definitely more towards the warmer side.
2: I'm looking at a picture of it and we're on Zoom. So you girls can't really see. You can't see it at all. Can you? No. 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 I love it. Oh, there we go. But it looks a lot
0: darker than it actually is in person. In our home in Maine, I just had a Hollywood frame and I've never been a fan of like footboard in a bed. So, to be able to get this is a platform, it's lower to the ground, and our other mattress was probably a good foot and a half higher than this one is now. So, I love the lower profile. I have like a bleached jute rug that I got from World Market. There's lots of textural elements, and it's just absolutely exactly what I wanted. So, I'm so excited.
1: Cool. Well, you'll have to show our listeners.
0: Yeah, I'll throw a picture in the show notes.
1: My um, sectional type sofa is from article and my dining room table and chairs are all from article too so article you should sponsor us (laughs) yes please I want another dining room table yeah
2: I want dining room table
0: give me one too Uh, I want their boucle is that how you say it the boucle bench that's what I want so bad at the end of our bed but I haven't haven't pulled the trigger but I love that your sister isn't a fan of boucle (laughs) Well, I am. We balance each other out. (laughs) Give me the texture. I love
1: it. All
0: right. So we're going to move on to our next segment after this short break.
2: All right, guys. So now we're back and we're going to talk about all things plants. So Mariah, if you could
0: start off and tell us your favorite plants. That is almost the impossible question to answer, but I will do my best. (laughs) If it's a plant, it's probably my favorite. I have so many favorites. I think my favorite, favorite plants are the ones that make a big statement, the big leaves like bird of paradise or monstera or a fiddle leaf fig. I know those are all pretty trendy plants that probably everyone knows about, but everyone knows about them for a reason because of how dramatic they are. Um, Other ones that I love because of textural elements are angel wing begonias. And that plant actually has a really special place in my heart the first time I ever got one. Uh, I got a cutting from my grandfather who has since passed away. Um, So that plant especially has a a special place in my heart. Alucaceas I love, Calatheas I love, ZZ plants I love. What what do those plants look like? Because those are very big names. Can you describe the plants a little bit and like their leaf formation or something along those lines? Okay, so I'll kind of break down them into certain groups. Um, some are can get very very big that would be the bird of paradise those are your typical tropical plants that have really large leaves in the wild but even in your house they can get leaves that are three feet long or bigger and they can even flower indoors too under the right conditions under the right light and everything I have one personally that's about that big right now, and it's just absolutely one of my favorites. Monstera deliciosa, that is gonna look like a big giant paddle, it has um, little holes in it, which are called fenestrations. Fiddle leaf ficus, fiddle leaf fig, as everyone knows it as, and those have little, they look like a fiddle because of the leaf shape. Those are also big, they branch, they get really big, they're trees. Then you might want in um, smaller spaces, ones that are a little bit more delicate. Chain of Heart is beautiful. Those are very fine. It's very textural. It's very detailed. The closer you get to it, the closer you're gonna be able to see like the beautiful veining and markings on it and variations of the stems and everything. It's the same with a a Hoya, Hoya tricolor. I I thought of you, um, Emily, when I was picking out this because it has pink in it and I know you love pink um crocodile ferns that one literally looks like almost a snake skin it's so beautiful it's so textural if you want something that has structure go with snake plants one of my favorites is called a whale spin sansevieria and actually at the Amarillo botanical gardens they have ones that are four feet high which is like when I saw it, I nearly passed out. I was like grabbing my husband's because I was like, look at that <laughs> It's so beautiful. <laughs> and that, you can get also ones that have variations in it, but those almost have little dots of lighter and darker green. Kimmy, I thought of you when I um, picked out the ZZ plant, because there's a particular one. It's called a Raven ZZ, and it's black. I know you love to have black yeah. elements in your home. And also the Alocasia ninja. Is one that is dark, and it's interesting to find plants that are dark because you don't often see them. So they're a little bit rare, harder to find. But I found my Raven ZZ plant at a Lowe's. Shut up because I've never seen that. Yeah, there's lots of different kinds. A lot of people know the common ZZ, but there's another ZZ plant it's called the Zenzi ZZ, and it's the dwarf version. So all the leaves are really compact and really tight, and it stays short. But once again, it's very structural and it makes a statement. Yeah. yeah. I guess
2: I should ask you, instead of your favorite, what would be your least favorite?
0: Ooh, catching me off guard here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I have to think about this. Give me a second.
2: Do you have a tendency to be like one of those people that's like, well, everyone likes fig trees or everyone likes olive trees, so I don't like them?
0: No, no. (laughs) If I like a plant, I like a plant. Like, that's why I, I almost hesitated talking about the fiddle leaf fig and the monstera because they're so common, but they have such a special place in my heart. I couldn't avoid them. I would say probably my least favorite is probably some of the more traditional looking ferns. In my view, they're a little bit, oh, you know what? No, I'm taking that back. My least favorite is probably a spider plant, in my opinion, Mm. because of, I'm not a huge fan of when leaves have too much white on them, personally, and too, um, Neon colors, I don't really love in plants personally. I like a little bit of the richer and the more traditional green. So well, and I've noticed with my spider
2: say. plant, with, with my spider plant, I've noticed that it gets darker and richer when it's getting like you can't have too much sun on them. If you have yes. too sun on them, they get more white and more bright and bleh. yeah,
0: but
1: you'll cook them. Yeah,
2: so I have noticed that. I don't like yeah.
1: spider plants because spiders <laughs> <So>. <laughs> i have people have said like when i've complained about not being able to keep plants alive they're like oh you should do a spider plant I'm like, no no that is never gonna happen
2: <laughs> i don't think they're called well, spider plants because they attract spiders i, I know
1: think it's because so the leaves plant. are like little clumps of skinny leaves that look like spiders and i do not like it <laughs>
0: Well, a cool fact I learned from Mariah about the fiddle leaf fig is in order to have it be more like stable in the pot, you actually have to shake the tree. (laughs) So it's like good to bump into it as you're walking by because it actually helps the roots and everything get stronger. That's It it stimulates it because that's what it's like in the wild with all the wind. It promotes promotes root growth and really strengthening like recess. I feel like
2: I feel like that should be like an allegory for life as people like the more that like trials come we're just getting firmer on I don't know
1: yeah when you're in life be a fig tree (laughs) real quick which one is the one that has pink
0: so there's lots of ones that have pink the begonia actually the underside of the leaves have pink on them um, a lot of the calatheas do as well. Um, there's one here, it's called a rattlesnake calathea, and the underside is actually red. So whenever you see it in different angles, it will really catch your eye. The one that I was talking about earlier that has pink is called Behoia Tricolored that has white, pink, and green. Is that and- the one in
1: the middle, mm-hmm. the second one? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a vine. The Hoya is really
0: a cool plant because it likes to be root bound. It likes to be kept in the pot. So there's not a lot of maintenance of having to repot it. It's mainly finding the right spot that has bright enough light because if a plant has um, variation on it, it is automatically going to need more light. If plants have darker leaves, they actually require less light. So like a lot of the, um, the Zenzia or the snake plant, if they have darker leaves, take it, you can, you have a little bit more liberty with bringing it away from the light. If a plant has variation, a lot of white on it or different things, it's going to require more light. Yeah.
2: Those are good tips. You just reminded me of something. You gave me a Hoya, I think, right? Is it called a Hoya? Mm -hmm. Remember the one you gave me?
0: I think so. Yeah.
2: I still have it alive. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, because like, I thought I'd killed it, but it's still alive. And I'm so proud of myself.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The The common name for a Hoya is a wax plant and they actually will blossom too. It's the most fragrant blossom like you'll
1: ever smell. They smell amazing. I might have to add that to my list then to get yeah. you it in your life, <laughs> which actually I didn't put this in the outline, but maybe we should talk about why you should have plants in your life. Although I feel like A lot of people realized they needed plants in their life over the last couple of years. Like house plants have become like a huge, huge trend (laughs) lately, especially like our people our age, millennials and younger, like house plants are really a big thing, but we should talk about like good reasons to have plants. Well, there's so many natural benefits to
0: having plants, air purifying and so on and so forth. But for me personally, I think the thing I like most about plants is being able to nurture and take care of something and watch it grow. And I like the responsibility of having something that depends on me. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but plants really like fulfill that for me. I love watching something and taking care of it. It's, it's like a little baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're so sweet, Mariah, because I'm all about just like, I like them because of how they look. (laughs) I want, the biggest reason I want plants is like, I want the greenery because it feels like life. Like it literally is life. Although I have a lot of faux plants, but those feel like life. Like, especially when you live in New York and it's, you know, storms like blizzards and cold weather and it's just like it brightens
0: your mood it adds so much life to a space and I feel like it adds personality different plants can also attain to like different styles I think we made mention of this in another podcast too where like snake plants are more mid-century and so on and so forth so if you are like a different style maybe look into plants that fit that
1: vibe too for sure. So, we should talk about how to choose a plant. Mariah, I think you've got some tips for us on this. Yeah.
0: So, the first thing I would say is know your light and know your space. Don't take a fern and just plop it in front of the window in front of bright light. You're going to
1: burn it. Well, I have literally done that with a fern.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Emily had ferns on her front porch. They are still alive barely. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: that I think is the one of the best tips is knowing your space, knowing your light. Do you have four to six hours of light? Okay. You have medium light. So you can have these plants as options. And a lot of low tolerant light plants actually will thrive in medium light areas as well. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So you're Your range will go a little bit broader. Second, I would say is buy in good condition. Don't buy a plant that needs to be rehabbed and go on like a little IV life support. You're not going (laughs) to do well if you're not starting out in the best possible way. Okay. So I would look for, are the leaves yellowing out? Do you have spots on your leaves? Are there bugs? Is it completely root bound? Those are things that you can um, look at and see in the store. You can pull it out of the pot. Like, don't be afraid to do that. Look at what you have in front of you and pick the best one. Don't pick the one that you have compassion for. When you're in a store, be ruthless. Like, pick the best one because you deserve the best (laughs) plant in your life. (laughs) Can you expound on root bound? What does root bound mean? Root bound is... When you have a pot that is so tight in the pot, and it needs it needs to be upsized, so you can take it out of the pot, gently pull the pot off, and if you see the roots are completely wound around, if you can't see soil, if you can only see roots, your plant is root-bound. Now, if you remember a little bit earlier, I said Hoyas like to be root-bound. There are certain plants that thrive that do well in a smaller, tight area where they're roots are a little bit more compact. But a lot of plants like to have room to grow. They like to uh, have room for their feet and their their roots to grow. So that would be a time, if you do have one that's root bound, to upsize it. Go in a a pot that's a couple of inches larger. Don't take a a six inch pot and go to a 20 inch pot because that is actually gonna cause more harm to your plant to uh, put it in a, in an area where it's not prepared to go yet. So you're going to want to do it slowly. I would go in two inch increments. If you have um, a root bound pop.
2: Now, when you are transplanting, can you unbound the roots and what if some come off?
0: Okay. That's a good question. You don't need to unwind any of those Nature has an amazing way of handling what it throws at you, and you can actually cause more harm by doing that than good. Put it in the pot, have the soil loose. It'll find its way. You don't have to worry about it. I would not cut, a lot of people will cut up the roots or untwine them. If it's a situation where there is actually um, plastic or some, oh goodness, some growers will go and actually staple some of their plants or have plastic up in the pot so if you see any of that you will need to remove that because that can cause harm but if they're just like freely going in there just let it let it do its thing
2: I was just gonna say that I think that that's what happened when I transplanted a plant and I think I killed it because I unwinded it a lot and like even cut some of them because I thought this is what I should have done but I think I killed it so yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah. If, if you ever cut a plant, make sure to always do it with sterilized scissors because you can incorporate a lot of diseases if you don't sterilize your scissors. If you cut with just ones that you're pulling from the drawer, even if they're ones like pruning shears that you use only on plants, if one plant has a problem, you cut it, you use the same shears to cut another plant Will you just brought a disease over potentially. So I would highly advise unless you need to do something to not cut it or sterilize just with rubbing alcohol can be very simple, but that would definitely help. Happy, happy houseplant. I recommended their plant food in one episode. She also has some great highlights for transplanting plants. And some plants, she said, you actually, you can tickle the roots, she says. So you're not completely like pulling apart all the roots, but you're just like tickling them a little bit just to give them a little bit of breathing room to relax and go into the soil. So check out our highlights for her tips.
2: I wish people could have just seen you do all the
1: tickling. (laughs) (laughs) I talk with my hands, okay? It's how I communicate. I love it. What's your third tip, Mariah? My
0: third tip is to know yourself and to know how much care and time you're willing to put into that plant. If you're a person like myself that is constantly thinking about plants, I don't think there's probably a day that I don't go over and touch my plant in some way to make sure if it's okay, if it needs its leaves wiped out, if it needs to be shaken, if it needs to be turned, like, if you're not one of those people, maybe a snake plant is in order. Maybe a ZZ is in order. Don't get plants that are outside your commitment to take care of it. Because then you're just buying a plant to throw it away. Yep. How do you know how much care it's going to take? How much time do you want to put into it? Are you wanting to take care of it every three days, every week? every two weeks. Those are all things that can help you determine which plant is best for you. If you're a person that travels a lot and you need plants that are willing and can survive with drying out, don't get a calathea that needs high humidity, that needs attention. Some plants will actually do better if forgotten for long periods of time. If you overwater Azizi, they're going to rot. It's almost impossible to underwater a ZZ, it's very easy to overwater it. One cool thing I learned about the roots of a ZZ plant and are if you take it out of the pot, the roots look like little potatoes. And those potatoes hold on to a lot of moisture. So that's why it can withstand because it kind of can draw from itself. And then when you rewater it, those little potato roots fill back up.
1: They're called rhizomes. I definitely killed the ZZ plant by watering it too much before. It like slowly died, like one stalk at a time, shriveled up. It probably
0: was, was
1: yellow. Yeah. And the stems just became mush. That's a sign of overwatering.
0: If leaves are brown, you're probably underwatering it. There's a telltale sign there. Know how much care you're wanting to put into it. That'll really help you determine which plant is best for you. Because there's, there's plants across the board. There is a plant for everyone. I believe that with all my heart.
1: A plant for every personality. Yeah. (laughs) We actually had a question on our question box when
0: we put it up on our Instagram stories. What would you consider a manly plant if a guy wanted a manly plant for their office or something like that? Okay. Well, I can answer for my man that I have in my life. The one that he wants in his office and he's looking to get is a ZZ plant. That is one that he is really drawn to for some reason. I can't speak for all men, but at least for my man Terrence, that's how it is for him.
2: It's funny you say that because my husband's the one that asked that question. <laughs> I started answering him. He's like, "No, you're not supposed to answer me now. You guys have to answer <laughs> me on the podcast." And my first answer was a ZZ plant, but yeah. I also think like snake plants. I think the ones that's that- what I was gonna say like hardy and darker and more structured and the snake plant is very geometric in a way if you know what I mean like it's not like woo floofy it's very just like straightforward
1: Mm, (laughs) no no flowers
2: yeah no flowers no frill I think that's a good one
0: (laughs) although my snake plant just flowered this winter which has been the first time for me so Wow! wait they, hit flower? they don't flower oh yes they do and they're beautiful wow. it's like a stalk that comes up and there's little at least the one that I had little like white flowers wow cool.
2: oh it, they
0: probably only
2: flower for people who know how to take <laughs> care of plants
0: <laughs> give your snake plants more light and that will be the best situation that they can flower in
1: There's a lot of people, including myself, that have always said like, oh, I just have a black thumb or I can't keep plants alive. But what I'm gathering from what you're saying is that it's really a matter of finding the right plant and matching it with the right conditions, finding the right plant. That's the amount of work that you want to invest in it and then matching it with the right conditions, basically. And then like it should work. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I think people who, who love plants and those, even that who don't like plants even have an appreciation for plants, but I think everyone can have a plant. They just need to know which one is right. Just like you said, Emily, that's the ideal way to put it.
1: Yeah. And to figure that out, you probably have to go through some trial and error, all the succulents and ZZ plants I've killed by watering too much
0: well, maybe you need a plant that needs more care. You're wanting to give more care to your plants than they're willing to receive. So maybe you need to up your plant game as in getting ones that are maybe a little harder to take care of because you actually want to take care of them more. You need to get an alocasia or a calathea, something that will do better with wetter feet.
1: Yeah. I do have a pothos that is really doing well, nice and bushy.
0: That's
2: the plant that I feel like anyone in the world could have and they'll do okay with
1: it. They even grow in water. Can't mess it up. So when you're matching up all of those factors, like how much you want to care for it, the light conditions of your home, what is going to work best for the plant, then you can also consider the style that you want to go for and the style of plant. As in, some plants tend toward different home decor styles right like i think the philly fig has become so popular because it kind of corresponded with the rise in mid-century modern design and the same thing with a snake plant so like tropical plants plants from the southwest and california those really became popular as those design styles became more popular southwestern kind of in a reincarnated way like more urban outfitters kind of youthful sort of way (laughs) now but I think that's kind of why those plants have seen such a big boom in popularity like the more tropical or southwestern kind of plants throw in like yeah cacti and and succulents in there too
2: it's so interesting too because you know we've talked a lot about how now like mid-century was very popular five to 10 years ago. And now like there's this wave of traditionalism coming in. And now all of a sudden, olive trees are the, fiddle, the new fiddly fig. And it's because olive trees are more of a traditional plant.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: really interesting to see the trends of how the plants go along with the trends of the different like home decor styles.
1: Yeah. And ferns like are really popular. Those are super traditional, I feel like.
2: Well, I actually, I saw that you wrote in here that they're traditional, but do you think that they could be more the cottage core
1: feel?
0: Absolutely.
2: Oh, yes. I think they're more cottage core than traditional. That could Um, be. Leanne Ford uses them a lot. Uh (laughs) And I didn't realize that ferns can be in really dark areas because a lot of times she'll put them in like old rustic uh fireplaces like in the part where there would be a fire but maybe it's not a working fireplace so she'll stick some ferns in there and i've always been like could they live there because like are they getting a lot of sun but it makes sense because if ferns don't need a lot of sun
0: Whenever you're buying for a plant, always think of where it naturally lives too. And ferns naturally live in the under canopy. They're under all the foliage. So they're naturally going to do better in dappled light or shaded light. But I think we live in a house too. So it's completely shaded over. So they might need actually a little bit more light than you think. That probably was just a stylized thing. I doubt they would live there for long. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think there are plants that naturally go with styles. If you naturally like a coastal look, you're going to want a bird of paradise. They're very, um, you're going to want palms. You're going to want things that go with that loose, um, relaxed feel. If you like something that more mid-century, you're naturally going to gravitate towards plants that have that look. But I think rules were meant to be broken too. And that especially goes with The house plants like there's a there's a saying it's know the rules, so that you can break the rules, so if you like ferns and your style is mid century put a fern in your house if you love it, you can you can mix and match but make it yourself that's what makes your house you but. If you have a style that you naturally gravitate towards, you are going to have tendencies to go to certain plants versus others. If you go and look at the pictures that um, we'll post of some of the plants that I mentioned, you're not going to see a lot of frilly plants. I'm not naturally drawn to ones that are um, like an angel hair fern, something that's very, very delicate. I think they have in their time and their place, but for me, I gravitate to ones that are a little bit bolder, a little bit more in your face. They have the veining, they have the dots, they have the stripes, they have the brighter colors. And I think that's so beautiful because I'm, I'm also a very textural person and I like to be able to see things that have texture to them. You get closer and you're just like amazed of God's beauty of how they're just absolutely beautifully formed and created. And each one is unique too. So amazing. It's
2: really crazy because like I've been slowly transitioning from mid-century to traditional in my home or just adding more traditional elements. And I had a big faux faux fig tree because I can't keep a fig tree alive. <laughs> Mainly because I don't have good light. That's why, you know, um, they need a lot of light. But I had a faux fig tree in my living room and I was like, this doesn't feel right for what I'm trying to do. And then finally I got an olive tree in there and I was like there we go. That's what I needed. So it is interesting. Like it's, it's helpful to know what certain plants and trees and things go with what styles, but I do agree with you that you don't have to stick with that. If you like another type of plant that doesn't go with your style.
0: Absolutely. You go, Kimmy. (laughs) I,
2: I see a lot of herbs and windows and farmhouse rustic right
1: yeah almost like some of that indoor gardening bringing some of that in. I think that goes really well with like the farmhouse style having little herbs and clay pots or really rustic containers like practical plants that you can Mm -hmm. use
0: yeah yeah Yeah. I love more of that for outside on a patio that's where I think that naturally is going to do the best because herbs and stuff require a lot of light so unless you're your house is like a greenhouse that would probably
1: do better outside in full sun or partial sun or something like that. What kind of indoor house plants would you recommend for like farmhouse style? Like, are there flower plants like daisies? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that would be a great outdoor plant. I don't think uh, a daisy would survive and do the best. Um, you can even grow eucalyptus as a house plant if you have the right light. I think eucalyptus is something that goes pretty much into every design element. It could be more traditional if it's maybe the silver leaf. It could be more farmhouse if it's the more um, one that's like a tube. Spiral. Yeah. A good flowering plant for farmhouse would be lavender. That oh. would be a great choice. Um, you get your, and there's there's multiple Kinds of lavender. There's so many kinds, even thyme flowers under the right conditions that have beautiful purple flowers that are very elegant. I've grown ginger outside. Like you can grow very practical things in pots that are beautiful. Could even do onions. Onions look so cool. Yeah. Right now on my counter, I have green onions growing. Just if you cut them off and you throw them in a glass, like you'll get another harvest completely out of them. And that's something that just on my counter it doesn't require light but it's a little pop of something and it's useful.
2: So you know we talk about the the it plant like the trendy plant it was the fig tree then the olive tree. Do you guys know what the next one seems to be?
0: For trees?
2: I guess I'm going trees. Ficus? Yeah. A lot of ficus like if you go on like Target and you look at Studio McGee, she's got a bunch of ficus coming out with her Mm -hmm. spring line. And it's so funny to me because I don't know about you guys, but, like, I feel like you go to any, like, church, and they have those, like, really yes. awful ficus like, fake. ficus like uh,
1: They are, like, <laughs> the, the traditional <laughs> oh, faux <laughs> office or office. Yes. Yeah. Office. I but know.
0: Or, or if you go, like, to any Italian restaurant. <sighs> that has the dusty one in the corner. Or the dusty ivy that's like coming down from the ceiling. Yeah, Yeah, but these
2: ficus trees are, it's interesting, the ones that are like coming on trend, they're a lot smaller leaves than the one, like they look different. They don't look like those office ones (laughs) and churches and dentist offices. and
1: The faux plant makers have come a little ways in how they make the plants like to make them actually look a little bit more realistic and better than like those ones but funny enough so the ficuses are back and then also you mentioned like the fake ivy stuff like ivy is really coming in strong ivy and trailing plants because it's like the cottage core like woodsy like romantic kind of plant. so I don't think romantic and Ivy go together. <laughs> but Taylor Swift has a romantic song called Ivy. So there you go. Taylor Swift is the trendsetter.
0: Oh, I think the rising tree at least according to Joanna Gaines, is the ficus audrey, which I don't know if you guys have seen that, but the leaves are roughly six inches long. They're a little bit more oblong. It kind of looks like a milkweed leaf, if that makes sense, but just in a tree form. And that one is on the rise too. So look out for that one.
2: Okay. I'm pulling up a picture to show you guys. On the Magnolia website.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. It resembles a little bit of a rubber tree. The rubber trees are actually part of the ficus family. So there's a reason why they look uh, like
1: Oh. We have some tips for how to style with plants too. The first one is to buy bigger than you think. So why is that? So I think people, when they buy plants, it's
0: similar to buying a rug that's too small for your space. They buy something that is cost-effective, But in the grand scheme of things, it makes no impact. If it does make an impact, it's probably negative. So I would advise people to buy bigger plants than you actually think. In your space, it's going to absorb and it's going to make a very dramatic effect if you have a giant fiddly fig, if you have a giant ficus, if you had a giant snake plant versus something that's in a six or eight inch pot that you're going to have to cluster so many different plants together to have that same effect. But now it's just very cluttered. You have so many different kinds of pots going on and different things. So I would advise bigger plants. Don't clutter your space.
1: It's the same with artwork too. Go bigger yeah. instead of like having lots of little things, you know. It's knowing the space too, because like
2: I actually, I was thinking about, do I reveal this? I'm getting my ottoman my new ottoman (gasps) so I'm getting it next week and I was thinking about styling it and I actually all my plants I think are too big to put on top of it because I want it inside a tray so I actually think I need a little plant to fit in the tray with the books that I want in it (laughs) so I think it does depend sometimes like also you know eventually we're going to talk about shelf styling if you want to put a plant in there, you can't have like too huge. It has to like fit in the shelf. So it really does depend, but I think that is a really good tip to go by that. It probably needs to be bigger than what you think. And just find all those tiny little faux plants from TJ Maxx or the four inch pots from Lowe's, like go bigger than that.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's times where you're going to need the small things. Like, just like you said, Kimmy, But in that setting, I would say, like, don't get three little plants, get one that maybe has a little bit of a bigger statement. I think what Emily said, too, with the artwork, with plants that make a big statement, the pots that they are in are almost like the frame of an artwork. It makes the plant. So don't cheap out on your pots, too. Um, Really invest in one that matches your space and matches your plant well there's sometimes where it's like Ooh, maybe a rattan would work well with this. Well, don't get a crazy patterned pot with leaves that are crazy in pattern of the plant. You have to like match, well, too. Balance it.
1: Oh, that's, that's a
0: really good tip. Yeah.
1: I always buy pots that are too small and then I have to go back and buy bigger ones. I'm really yeah. bad at judging the size. <laughs> With the pots, Mariah,
0: do you always recommend having a hole in the bottom? Or is it OK to buy a pot without a hole? So I normally always keep my plants in their nursery pots, the plastic pots that they come in, unless they need to be upsized or they're going outside. Then I might throw it in like a terracotta or a different thing like that. But I always get cover pots. They're called cash pots. And they normally don't have a hole in the bottom, which is great because you can water can let it drain and then toss the water, and your plant isn't sitting in water. It makes it easier for watering. I would definitely advise do not plant your plant in a pot that doesn't have drainage holes. It's very important, but that's the nice thing with having it in the nursery pot. You could pop it out, pop it in the sink, water it, and put it back in your pot. It's extremely helpful. Even for my large plants, I have them in cash flows. One's a raton, and one is like a uh, a beautiful ceramic one.
2: That makes me feel so good because I have always felt like I'm just lazy and I keep them all in their nursery pots and I just don't want to like transplant them into the, the fancy pot that I have. So I just stick it in it. But I've noticed that I'm able, when I water, I can just take it out and let it drain. And then it's not sitting in the water. So, wow, that's cool
0: that's ideally what you should do. And another thing is if you have a cash flow that does have a hole in the bottom, you can get plastic insert liners. There may be a couple dollars at your lows that you can set in so the water won't leak down. So if you have a design choice that you want to make that the cash flow has a hole in it, you can still have solutions to make it work, but it makes it so convenient for watering plants because you can lift it up and feel how light or how heavy it is. Oh, I need a water today. Or, Oh no, it's good for a couple more days. And it's, you don't have the weight of the pot to like distract you from the care of the plant.
1: That's a really good tip. I've had pots that I really wanted to use that didn't have holes in the bottom. And now I'm realizing if I just kept the plant in the nursery pot and then just set it in there, it probably would have been fine because I could just water it and then take it out, dump you know, any extra water that is drained out and put it back in. And then that would be fine. Cause I, I did try the trick of drilling a hole. I did not have the right drill bit. <laughs> so it was just not going to work. I've had some cash that are very tall too.
0: And if I were to put the plant in, it would be like completely absorbed. So sometimes what I do is I take a bowl and I put it upside down in the cash flow and that will elevate your plant. So now your plant the arms of the plant can relax. They're more outstretched, but you get more volume at the top too, but it yeah. makes it seem way more dramatic. So I, have done that multiple, multiple times, but <laughs> my kitchen supply of bowls is a little bit low because I've done it so many times <laughs> with my plants. That's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: a really good tip, even with fake plants, just putting them in a big basket or in a big pot, you know, heightening it, raising it up with something you know, that you're not using. I've used paint cans before, like old paint cans that I'm done using the paint. (laughs) Those work.
0: One thing I saw my mother-in-law do is she took like a big circle of cardboard and wrapped it around her fake tree and then set that in the pot. And then you can put like moss and stuff on the top. So you're not filling the whole container with moss or whatever. You elevate it up and then it looks like it's filled, but it's just illusion.
1: Okay, that's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I, I've i had this basket for my one of my faux fiddle leaf fig trees, which we will get to talking about faux plants next. It came in this teeny tiny little pot. And it was just utterly ridiculous how small it was. So I have a big basket that's like the right scale. But then I have this teeny pot inside it and i've been like trying to figure out like what do i do to make it look like this whole thing's full of dirt without actually having to put a bunch of dirt in there because i just don't want to deal with that another
2: thing that brie you've done before is you put like blankets which obviously it shows that it's fake but it's a good stylized choice if you don't have like the time or the moss to do you know, what we're talking about.
1: I love that idea, though, of just cutting out a cardboard circle and putting that in there and then covering the top of that with some moss.
2: Yeah, you can buy moss, like, even from Walmart,
1: because I have it right there. Right there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Another thing that I would say, too, is just, like, your furniture, how you want some elements to have legs and some to be a little bit closer to the ground. You don't want to be walking around, like, on your tiptoes. I think you mentioned that in a episode earlier, but it's the same for your plants too. I like some that are on stands. But if you have all of your plants on stands, it's going to look a little unbalanced. Have some that are on the ground or on a basket that will ground the space and have other ones like a tree if you have like I have really tall ceilings here. And I want my fiddly fake to be in a stand because I want as much height as possible. So consider that too when you're arranging.
2: That's a really good tip too. I like that a lot.
0: My third tip for styling plants is to use cuttings um, in vases, in places that don't have ideal light for growing. I actually did this in my bathroom here in Texas. We don't have any windows and I really hesitated buying fake greenery because it was going to be right on the counter and I was going to be close to it every day. And I just wanted to see real green in the bathroom. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a glass face. I'm going to get snake plants and I cut them up and I basically did a huge arrangement but just with live cuttings. And I think that is one of the best things to do in places that you want greenery but maybe don't have the right space for it or the right light. You can have living things in darker areas if you change the water often and you keep on top of, maybe you bring it to the light every so often. It will grow slower in darker light, but that's okay. Like you just want it for the beauty anyway. So I think that would be the best thing for an arrangement. I hesitate with fake plants so much. The only time where I normally make exceptions for myself is either with a wreath, or I do have some cedar boughs that I did get for the holiday season, which I have used before. But here in Texas, actually, for on my table, I wanted some greens. And because we would be traveling back from Maine and Texas so much, I used that as an opportunity to actually get some fake greenery, some fake cedar boughs, some fake cedar shrubbery, not <laughs> actually boughs. I hesitate so much with fake greenery. I really do. But I think there are places to use it. I can tell if it's a fake plant or not. And that's why I don't let myself get fake plant. The only time that I do is for fake greenery in a vase or something. That's really the only time that I do it. But I I do know people like fake plants because maybe they want a plant that likes higher light and they don't have higher lights. They need that plant to be fake.
1: Well, that yeah. answers that question then on your feelings on fake plants.
0: Oh, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It goes against the grain of my soul and I can't do it. I can't. But I know people love it. I just, as a plant lover, I, uh, it's like, oh, you like dogs? Are you going to get a fake dog? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just about the same. Just they're different categories. Don't put them in the same category. They're just different.
1: <laughs> i can um, see that i mean i often name my real plants because i feel like giving them a name makes me feel a more attached to them and then i don't like forget about them i feel more invested but i don't really name any of the fake ones just the real ones that's hysterical i think we should do a game on instagram though where we post some pictures especially of your plants kimmy And people have to guess if it's real or fake.
2: I had a friend over today and she's like, wait, is that plant real or fake? (laughs) It happens a lot. Like, I think I found a lot of fake ones that look very real. And like you were saying, Emily, it's they've come a long way since, you know, the 80s with the ficus plants in every office they've come a long way but yeah it's it's pretty funny when people ask me all that even Ryan he's like wait which, which one's real and which one's not
0: <laughs> well Emily remember when your son went through and watered all your plants for you and yep. he watered some of the fake ones yep <laughs> so funny uh, I think another great solution is dried grasses or flowers. If you want to buy fresh greenery like eucalyptus, you could have it dry. That definitely is an aesthetic. It maybe leans a little bit more towards either coastal or farmhouse, but there's different ways to do it that don't have fake plants. You could do grasses or other things like that. Or you can mix it in. I mean, I've seen sometimes where people put real in with fake, kind of like what you said, Kimmy, but in arrangements, actually. Not everyone has the budget to buy $100 worth of flowers for one vase, but maybe they have the flowers that they buy and they have the greenery that they're using again and again and again.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good tip for doing flower arrangements is to have some realistic looking greenery that you can reuse and then just buy the, the flowers. Have you guys
2: seen the trick that people are doing where they'll take like a real branch and then they'll stick it in a pot and then they'll glue leaves onto the branch?
0: <laughs> I literally watched a YouTube video. I think it was two days because I was, I was so struck by that. I was like, that cannot look good. And I watched the whole video, and I I was shocked of how amazing it looked. It looked amazing.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. It's a cool idea.
1: One of my favorite YouTube channels, Emily Faith twenty two. She has a couple ficus trees. That's the one I watched. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it either. It looks really good. It looks like well, a Studio up. McGee tree. Yes, it does. And I think she actually used.
0: Ficus leaves. Like some other she, plant. Yeah. She was making an olive tree, but she actually used ficus leaves. And she said next time she's going to use olive leaves for a smaller tree that she's going to do. But yeah, that video was so encouraging to watch. Marveled. We'll add a link to our Instagram story so you guys can check it out too. Yeah. In the show notes too. Um, Her DIYs are amazing as well.
1: Yeah. The macrame. Yeah. they <laughs> are like fans of this YouTube channel. We got a listener question about fake plants. My sister, Alyssa, who we've already answered one of her questions before, but we're going to answer one again because she asked if the dwelling place could do a podcast on fake plants and flower arrangements, how, when, where, and what kind to use. And this is probably, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm guessing it was provoked by some of the comments I made about her fake plants. When I was there for Christmas, (laughs) I gave them a room makeover as their Christmas present. And I did not include most of the plants, the fake flower arrangements that she had in there, except for one, because there was one where she had this like faux wisteria, I would probably say, like purple trailing flowers that she they had used in their wedding decorations. So I did incorporate a little bit of that, but the other ones, I told her they looked like they came from a church lady's basement bathroom, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like yes. those old churches, oh. the bathroom that's in the basement has that flower arrangement that's like dusty, has the faux like raindrops on the petals. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and this yeah. one too, it was inside of a hat.
0: Oh. Lord have mercy. It keeps
1: getting better. (laughs) So I think then that is what prompted her to ask like, how do you know what are good fake plants to have and what are not good fake plants to have?
2: Well, and it's a very good question.
1: (laughs) Mariah needs a moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is the thing. I'm gonna speak up for Alyssa here because it's actually becoming very trendy to have faux florals now. It wasn't a few years ago. Like, I feel like we really got away from it. I grew up in a forest and that was 15 years ago, man, I'm old, maybe more like 20 years ago. But at the time people would buy like, they call them silk flowers and they were exactly what you're talking about. They're just like, Oh dear. And as I worked, I worked there for 10 years and towards the end, things started getting a little bit more real looking. (laughs) and weren't so bad but it wasn't trendy then to have faux florals it was more trendy to have faux foliage and now if you've noticed people like Chris Loves Julia and others are starting to put faux florals in their house and they look so real it's like insane it's insane. Did you see those peony blossoms that? Yes. Those are so real looking. Or it's... the orange branches. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So it's come a long way and I have an appreciation for it a bit because I worked in a florist. Like I do love real flowers, but it's expensive and they don't last like plants. <laughs> so I can also appreciate the faux flowers.
1: Yeah. Yeah how do you know if it's a good faux flower or not a good faux flower or even with foliage and greenery like how do you know what about it looks realistic and what about it could look fake
2: one thing is like is it an actual flower that exists (laughs) true you know they'll make a lot of things that are like what what is that supposed to be resembling (laughs) like a half daisy half rose half like it's just like doesn't even make sense so make sure it's like an actual flower that's real but really I think it's like I mean you put in here realistic leaves and stems that's a big one Mm -hmm. you you want it to look real (laughs) and not so sometimes flowers in real life are very bright but some of these like like colors are just so bright that it's like that doesn't look real (laughs) you know
0: one thing with fake plants too is when you buy them from the store sometimes they're like goalpost and they
1: have a lot of the faux plants have metal in them so bend them make them google what the branch looks like in real life and form the fake plants to make it seem more realistic yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good tip to look for I think info plants is to find them with wires because some of the cheaper ones might have wire in the stem but not going through the leaves and I think if you can get leaves that are wired that helps a lot too because you can like bend and tilt the leaves in different ways to like make it look like the leaves are going more towards the sun And I think that adds to the realistic factor with that too. Mm -hmm. A lot of the colors, like Kimmy said, are very
0: neon too, at least the ones that aren't as good. But I think also the foliage that has variations of color, like... When new leaves come out of plants, they're going to be a different color than the darker leaves. And the ones that I've seen that are really good have the variation, like the stem isn't the same color as the leaves. Maybe that's a little bit more of a brown or darker, more sagey kind of rich color tone. But as they get to the top, maybe it's a little bit lighter. And that's one thing to look for is like not everything has to be the same exact tone. It looks more real when there's variation, realistic variation, but variation to it.
1: Yeah. And kind of along with that, even higher quality faux plants will have even like veining in the leaves if it's appropriate for the type of plant, where it's like the leaf is kind of molded in such a way that it has like bumps or ridges or things like the actual plant would have. And I think that really helps add to the realism of it too.
2: One thing I just wanted to recommend to people is this one website that is really great at making faux florals and faux plants and stems it is afloral or afloral.com. Aflora. A floral, I didn't know how they pronounce it, but it's really like high quality. So maybe you have Alyssa a look at that website because they have a lot of different types of flowers that she could get. And that would be helpful when you know, like you can trust that they're making really good quality. (laughs) And then the other one that I would say, if you don't want to spend as much, because they are a little bit on the pricier side, Target really the hearth and hand, you know, Joanna Gaines, the hearth and hand line at Target to me has been the most realistic I found on a cheaper level. She's doing a really good job with doing a lot of faux foliage. And now she's branching out into doing some more faux flowers. They're just like great price points and they look real for the most part. I mean, some of them don't look as much, but I just wanted to throw that out.
0: I went recently to Joanne's when I was looking for something for my table. And I actually found some really good fake foliage there. And it's you can use the coupon there, the one that either goes for like Joanne or Michael's. They have like the joint coupons. You can get a percentage off. And those I think were like, I think I got them for $3.99 a stem, which is a pretty good price too. But I would also say I know you said buy online whenever you can, but sometimes it's really good to buy in person if possible, because you can actually see the tone of the green too. That's really important.
2: Also, I just wanted to let people know that there's a couple blog posts that we can link to in our show notes where some designers have done a roundup of really great spring foliage and spring flowers. And one is of course, our favorite Chris loves Julia. Um, and there's another designer I follow and they just did like a whole really great roundup. So we'll put those in the show notes and you guys can take a look at those and get some really great ideas.
0: Well, Mariah, those are some fabulous tips. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. We're going to take a quick break and jump into pillow talk. Welcome back guys. Mariah has a pillow talk for us. So you want to share with us what you're loving lately? Well, I have more than one pillow talk. But one of the favorite things that I've been loving, there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't watch Plantarina. Um she is a YouTuber that I absolutely love. I've followed her ever since she started her channel a couple of years ago. It is all things plant related. If anyone has any question on any topic, that is such a resource from lighting to care to styling. She's absolutely a wealth of information. She also has a website called plantarina.com where you can buy all of the plants that we talked about. Almost every single picture that I gathered today um, is from her website. Everything is available. So that's such a good resource. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a favorite book. Um, I actually got it for Christmas for myself. (laughs) It is called Gathering, Setting the Natural Table. Um, This was actually inspired by the domestic dare that Kimmy did. That is the reason why I got this book. Um, It is all about setting the table, obviously the, the title is pretty self-explanatory, but it gives so much inspiration and natural elements, how to incorporate onto your table from linens to all things beautiful. She absolutely covers it in this book. So I would highly recommend that book. And I'm gonna squeeze one word here because I can. Um, there is an app, <laughs> there is an app called Picture This. And I, it's a free app. I would recommend to everyone get it. If you don't know what a plant is, take a picture and it will tell you the plant name. It's house plant, landscaping plants. It's everything plant related. It will tell you the care. It will tell you the genus. Picture this. Everybody download it. It is the best tool. If you're in a Lowe's and the tag is gone, not to fear. Picture this will tell you exactly what that plant is.
1: That's really cool. That was so cool. I have that app and I have used it before. I think they have a feature on there to diagnose your plants too. So it will tell you like, this is underwatered or this is overwatered, or this could be mold, you know, different things like that. So I found it very useful. It also has a feature, whenever you
0: take a picture that it saves it to an album and you create your resume of plants. Very
1: cool. Yeah. Kimmy, I have a feeling that this book is going to be on your Christmas list for next year. (laughs)
0: and it's white like creamy white it's absolutely gorgeous and this is also a really good resource for doing floral scapes too so I would recommend your sister get this book Emily yeah well thank you Mariah so much for coming on this episode with us oh it's such a pleasure to be here I love you girls so much podcast is awesome keep it up we love (laughs) love you But well, we want to thank everyone for listening and hanging out with us today. We want to know what you want us to talk about next find us on instagram at dwelling place pod you won't however find mariah on instagram because she does not have one but if you have any questions for her be sure to send us an email and we can pass it on to her
1: and please leave us a review and a rating on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening
2: and visit the show notes for the pictures and links to all the things we talked about today we'll see you in two weeks right here at the dwelling place
1: just um, talking about plants <laughs> <laughs> love it or even with foliage mm. foliage foliage <laughs>